All right, it's uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, Did the guys who know how to run the radio station uh, take the day off, or are they about to take the day off? What's up with you guys? I've heard 50,000 seconds of uh, Bernie and Sid promos, and this is W. Okay, anyway, happy. (laughs) We're back live on TV slash radio. Um, Yeah, anyway. I'm not really into Martin Luther King Day. I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I've never gotten the day off, just like I never get Memorial Day off or Veterans Day off. I'm not. Com- well, I guess I'm complaining, but hey, that's fine. Um, why am I not so into it? He said some good things, uh, but is Martin Luther King right up there with George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, the birth of our country? No, of course not. Christmas Day? No, not really. But uh, I don't know. It was a compromise. Uh, you had to do it. Uh, look, he said that great thing about uh, judging people not on the content, uh, uh, not on the color of their skin, but on the content of the character. What's not to like about that? Well, for the woke left, apparently everything. <laughs> they, they, uh, they're making a big deal about it. Actually, if you look closely, they're not making such a big deal out of MLK. In their own way, they've scaled it back a little bit because that has become a rallying cry for a lot of conservatives. Don't judge us on the color of our skin. How about on the content of our character, our contributions, our ideas? You don't like the ideas? Fine. Don't write me off as a white guy. I'm just a white guy here, so I, I I really should keep my mouth shut and let others speak. Like, this is the nonsense they want. They're pushing it. Judge people on the color of their skin, not on the content of their character. It's going to backfire in a big way. It already is. Quite frankly, Eric Adams, our <laughs> – I put mayor in quotes. Our new mayor is a great example of that. Eric Adams is the uh, mayor of New York City – because of, uh, well, because of the color of his skin, not because of the content of his character. His con- The content of his character is uh, not very impressive, all right? Believe me. Um, not much in the way of integrity, not much in the way of administrative ability, not much, uh, well, not much of any. And the, you know he was the tough-on-crime guy, right? Talking tough-on-crime, going to turn this city around, tough-on-crime. Did you know that the crime issue is all in your head? Yep. You have been uh, allowing yourself to get hyped and frightened, whether it's by the media, whether it's by your own prejudices. But there's no crime on the subway. It's just your overreaction to crime on the subway. Isn't that right, Eric? Cut 25. Yo. The police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, When you see homeless individuals with mental health issues not being attended to and given the proper services, that adds to the perception of fear. And so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear that cases like this could happen. And we're doing that. Sure. Uh, we were clear. Uh, the, uh, the chief of transit police, she did her analysis of our rollout. The officers were on trains. They were on platforms. They were doing visits like they were supposed to do. The proper plan was executed. And I keep continuing to say, <laughs> this is a horrific incident. We lost a New Yorker, but we don't see how many lives we saved. Thank you, Eric. Of a proper plan like that. And we're going to continue to expand on it and evolve it.
an innocent woman gets pushed onto the train tracks by some total, complete nut job, and he's patting himself on the back how everything went according to plan. And he's saying, well, there's very few crimes down there in the subway. Number one, you're talking about a limited population to begin with, and actually it's going down. There are fewer people on the subway than ever before. Why? Because people who can afford it are finding another way to go to work. And by the way, a lot of people aren't going to work because of COVID. He he paints this as a good as as a good thing. Imagine a, a factory closes down, and a town becomes a ghost town. And you got the the mayor of that town boasting that well, crime has really gone down. Well, no one's there anymore. You freaking dummy! My goodness gracious! And what do they say about homeless people? Homeless people in the subway, they're not being attended to? You know what I'm worried about? The homeless people in the subway who are attending to me. The psychologically ill people who are attending to me. Getting up in my face and hassling me and you and innocent, hardworking people who want to get to work. Don't want to necessarily take an Uber or a cab. This is the most efficient way cheapest way to get to it, but we can't because we're afraid. And it's not fear factor, dummy. It's reality. It is reality. How many times am I going to push my luck on the train? I decided not so much anymore. I'm not Curtis Sliwa. I'm not going down there anymore. I'm not going down there anymore. Fear factor. How many times have I been hassled, chased by somebody, yelled at, deranged things coming out of their mouths. And by the way, there ain't nobody down there. So you feel isolated. You feel cut off. You feel like no one's going to help you. And if you do get attacked, guess what? New Yorkers, hey, you know what? New Yorkers aren't what we used to be. New Yorkers aren't going to come running and help you out. More likely, they're going to break out their cell phone. Am I more important than a cop? Am I better than a cop? No. That's what they do to the cops. Cops are fighting with some deranged lunatic. What do they do? They break out the phones. Leave them alone. We got a huge problem, and his name is Eric Adams. He is the mayor. Oh, just just listen to him. I'm the mayor. I'm the mayor. It's like he, he thinks he was elected emperor, going to install his family into top high-paying jobs at the NYPD. <laughs> I'm the mayor. Hey, look at the vote totals. 3.1% of the city voted for you. 3.1%. You scammed your way in there, and now you're pulling scams left and right because you've been lusting after this for your own glorification, for your own purposes. Now, SNL, previously funny show, uh, actually, are they feeling their mojo? Are they getting back into the swing of things? They made fun of Eric. A guy, I don't know who did the impression, but it was actually pretty good. And they portray our new mayor as a vapid, incompetent, clothes horse, dimwit, inarticulate dummy. And somehow Eric misses the joke. He just thinks, wow, they're playing me on SNL. <laughs> they're making fun of you on SNL. And unlike um, you know, Joe Biden, they're really going after you. Cut 24, please. Your new mayor, the friskiest uncle at your barbecue, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Adams! 
about you, girl? Go ahead and cut that track. What's up, New York? It's your own boy, your hometown hero, Eric Adams. Do you feel that? Huh? <laughs> New York is back, baby. You know? <laughs> the city's never had a mayor with so much swagger before. I mean, y'all see me outside. Oof. The peacoats, the scarves, the shine on the baldy, though. <laughs> you can tell I have swagger. Keeps me healthy. See, the city's been suffering for what I like to call a swagless existence. <laughs> It's actually a very good impression. Who was that who did it? Who was that? I got to find out. He was great. The voice is good. But they are making fun of him. They're putting him down. They go through all the gaffes. You know, he said that uh, incompetent people, uh, low people with no skills work at Dunkin' Donuts. When's the last time he's been inside a Dunkin' Donuts? First of all, those are franchises. Those are owned by uh, the people you see working there are the families of the owners. Generally speaking... I think there are a lot of South Asians, a lot of I, I happen to meet a lot of Nepalese in the uh, in the Dunkin' Donuts. And that is a hard job. It takes a hell of a lot of work. Eric Adams wrote them off as uh, low skilled people. Uh, Eric Adams is uh, yeah all about swagger, all about that scarf, all about that tie. Uh, ask him a ask him a question about, uh, you know, how are you going to fix this? It's all in your head. It's all in your head. Don't worry about it. Crime is all in your head. Uh, we we've got a very big problem with this uh, with this individual. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the rally. Joe. Oh, wait, is it time already? No, wait. All right. So, yeah, that, no kidding. We started at like what time? What happened today? Seriously, Matt, tell me what happened. What was going on? I had 18 people in there like it was an emergency and nobody could find the right button to push. What happened? Well, we're starting a syndication uh, for, for the state for the radio station here at Red, Red Apple Media and. Uh, we were having some technical issues. What a day to have our technical issues on uh, the first day of syndication. All right, Matt. Well, we're going to be better tomorrow. All right. So what does that do to our clock? What does that do to our clock? You let me know what it does to our clock. In the meantime, I do think you should find it on YouTube. Find it on C-SPAN. Do me a favor. Listen to the entire Trump rally from Arizona on Saturday night. I actually watched it. It was fantastic. Um, you can watch a century a century's worth of fake news, and you will not hear the truth that you did from Donald Trump. It was uh, what's going on. Okay, it is, it's worth listening to. I've got some highlights in a, in a little bit. I think this speech on Saturday night was as important and as indicative of things to come as Donald Trump's announcement, campaign announcement in June of 2015. Remember when he came down the escalator? It's that important to history. I'll show you why when I come back. Entertaining and informative talk for New York. Streaming now on your smart speakers. Play 77 WABC. Uh, You guys uh, need to go back to broadcasting school. Is the Connecticut Broadcasting School still in session? Uh, Maybe. What the hell is going on back there? All right. I thought this was our big day. Thank goodness it's a holiday, all right? Martin Luther King Day. Everyone's out there enjoying Martin Luther King Day, doing their community service, doing their, look at me, I'm volunteering. Look at me, I am serving the community, that stuff. you got to be careful about that. It's great to volunteer. It's great to do all that stuff. Uh, to a point, to a point, so many of us are busy uh, serving our communities, and who do we overlook? Our families, our neighbors, uh, the people we work with, the people we see every day, we blow them off. But, uh, oh, boy, look at me on that soup line. 
Oh, I volunteered last Thanksgiving at the at the shelter. You should have seen me. As a matter of fact, you can go to my Instagram and you can see me serving food to those poor slobs. Yeah, I'm a hero. Just ask Eric Adams. He's a hero too, right? Just ask him. He's the hero. He calls himself a hero. It's pretty wild. Um, there, so there is something to be said about, uh, yeah, it's nice to volunteer, but don't get carried away, all right? How could he say something like that? Well, I'll tell you. I used to volunteer for a little bit. And, uh, well, I hey, a little bit. I was in the Marine Corps for nine years. Thanks a lot. And I actually always thought that, well, I don't have to do any of this community service stuff. Unless a judge orders me to, I'm not doing any community service. I serve the nation. I lived on an aircraft carrier for whatever it was, nine months uh, with a 1,000 guys. All right? I don't have to volunteer for anybody. That was my attitude. And then I was a little bit down to the dumps, and somebody recommended, you know, you should go to that soup kitchen and start volunteering. Long story short, I did. And you know what? I felt great. I was like, wow. Look at me. I'm helping these homeless guys, and they love me, and they did. They were very nice people, and I, it really kind of went to my head. Every every Sunday night, I'd go in there. Ooh, wow, look at me. You know, They were like, give me a round of applause. I'd, for 45 minutes, I'd hand out, hand out some food, and I, was, uh, I felt amazing. But when you feel really good and you feel like, oh, look at me. I'm doing this great stuff, you feel I don't, we're all human beings, especially me, and I thought, I am entitled to cut a corner or two because I'm such a good person. I mean, all the guys at the shelter were telling me that. The people who work there, the people who go to eat there. Hey, Greg, wow, you don't even have to do this and you're here. Like, yes, I know. Isn't that amazing? Well, I don't like to talk, but you can talk a little bit. Um, anyway, I had a, at around the same time, I had a very small dilemma with an expense report related to my taxes. And I'm like, no. I was like, I'm not really entitled to take this deduction, but goodness gracious, I'm entitled to take it. You know, I know I overpaid, but I was on the fence about it. I just wasn't sure if I should file it because it was spirit of the law, sure. Letter of the law, no. I really wasn't entitled to do it. And I was putting it all, putting it all. Anyway, I start volunteering. I start feeling like a hero. The next time I see my paperwork, I'm like, of course I'm filing this. Of course. I'm such a good person. I volunteer. I'm in, I deserve to cut this corner, this ethical little thing. I stopped myself. I was like, wow. I felt so entitled to cut this corner. And it was because the world was telling me I was such a good guy. Very interesting. Lesson learned. Anyway, I didn't do it. Like a schmuck, I, I, I was the honest guy. Now what's up? Is it time? Okay. Ooh, new little format. All right. No problem. Be right back. On Facebook. The Charlie Kirk Show, entertaining and informative talk. In the last couple weeks, what we're seeing unfold in real time was a massive game where they say, well, we might not be able to agree on tax rates or on spending, but the one thing that Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski and Liz Cheney and the moderate Democrats and Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin can agree on is that every person has a right to vote, as if that's not already the case. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays. I think we need a moment of silence for all the black um, legendary food icons that have been canceled in the past year and a half. Some sort of uh, pathetic attempt at virtue signaling. Who have we gotten rid of? Well, let's see. Uncle Ben is gone. Aunt Jemima is gone. The cream of wheat guy is gone. 
Eskimo pie guy is gone. Lando Lake's Indian woman with the butter is gone. You know, that's it. But guess what? There weren't that many to begin with. There weren't that many to begin with. Now they're all gone. Aunt Jemima, I thought about this this weekend. I know this was a story about a year ago when it really first happened. But I was—I actually was offered pancakes this weekend, and the mix was from the Pearl Milling Company. That's the new name of Aunt Jemima, Pearl Milling Company, without any person on it. No Aunt Jemima, who as a kid, because we had nothing to do when we ate breakfast in the 1970s, other than look at the cereal box and or the syrup and or having a television in the kitchen was kind of not really done back then. And if it did happen, it was a black and white TV. And also, there is really nothing to watch on TV for children if it was uh, not Saturday morning. You know, we didn't really watch the news, although I did, actually. David Hardman, I liked him on Good Morning America. But anyway, um, so we got rid of them because, well, it was so racially insensitive. Uncle Ben, uh, the cream of wheat guy, all that stuff. But you know who survived the great big cut, the great big great awakening of America? Curiously. And a pr- I mean, I have no problem with this. I think I, I just wish Aunt Jemima made the cut. I wish Uncle Ben made the cut. The cream of wheat cereal guy, who was actually one of my favorites. I developed a whole backstory for this guy. He seemed very wise, sophisticated, nice. But so we've had this great awakening. Awakening. Woke, get it. And we got rid of all the black characters. We kept all the white ones. Seriously. Brawny, the paper towel guy, is still there. KFC, the colonel, is still with us. Burger King, the Burger King. There's actually a guy, Burger King. He's still around. Wendy's, there's a little girl with freckles. She's around. The Quaker Oats guy, the pilgrimy looking guy, who's a little bit got of a double chin. He's still around. Chef Boyardee is still around. These are all white people. Uh, Keebler, Keebler Cookies. There's an Ernie Keebler person. They're still around. Uh, let's see here. Morton Salt. You ever see that hot chick on the salt bottle? Hot chick on the salt bottle. How desperate does that sound? It sounds like I just got out of prison. Anyway, there is a very uh, cute woman with a yellow dress and an umbrella. She's white, and she she made the cut. Buy Morton Salt. You'll get a look at her. Remember Celeste? Mama Celeste? Pizza and pasta and all that stuff. Well, they got rid of the mama a long time ago. Somehow they thought that was anti-Italian. But Celeste is still around. Good for her. Hey, here's one I kind of knew about, but kind of didn't. I didn't know he had a first name. Julius Pringle. You know, there's a mascot for Pringle, and he's got a great big white face. Mr. Clean is still around. We kept all the white ones, got rid of all the black ones. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Does this make any sense? Now, Mr. Clean, by the way, his ethnicity and his sexuality, quite frankly, have always been a little bit ambiguous. That's fine. Uncle Sam. They better not stop mess with Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. I want you. Uh, Donald Trump talked about Uncle Sam just the other day. Gerber baby's still around. Little Debbie is still around. You buy a bag of raisins, a box of raisins. There's only one raisin brand I know of, uh, raisin brand, and that would be uh, Sunmade Raisins. There's that beautiful woman on it. I do believe they got rid of the Fig Newton maniac. There was a guy who wore a fig suit. He was crazy. They got rid of him a long time ago. Orville Redenbacher is still around. Captain Crunch is still around. Snap, Crackle, and Pop from Rice Krispies. They're all white. They're still around. Ever get Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles? Who's there? Fred and Barney. Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, two white guys. Lucky Charms, the Irish guy. I'm told I'm supposed to be offended by this because I'm Irish, but I'm not. 
I could be offended by the fact that they're pushing marshmallows for breakfast. Everything about that. You can't question the vaccine on social media, but the government says it's okay for you to eat uh, pink marshmallows for breakfast. Does that make any? Mrs. Butterworth is still around. Uh, the Hamburglar from McDonald's is still around. Definitely a white guy. Uh, I don't know about Ronald McDonald himself. Bob's Big Boy is still a thing. Newman's own, Paul Newman. Are we going to take him off his own uh, his own family business? No. Little Caesar's still around? All these white folks. My favorite might be Brawny, the, the, the paper towel guy. Brawny. But we got rid of all the black ones. Isn't that pathetic? When you try to be woke, you get demented. Just like Donald Trump said. Goodbye, Aunt Jemima. Goodbye, cream of wheat guy. Goodbye, Uncle Ben. Now it just says Uncle Ben's. You don't have that very, very prestigious kind of avuncular looking man. He just, he looks so prosperous. We used to sit around and look at the boxes. Chiquita banana. Now it's just a blue sticker that says Chiquita. There used to be a Chiquita, you know, there was a Chiquita woman. Did Did the Fruit of the Loom guys make it? I'm being serious here. This is so strange. They are canceling themselves. Ultimately, this will, this, the whole BLM great so-called awakening is a major step back for the communities of color in this country. It's a continuing denial of the real issues that plague the African-American community. We can... Get all excited about, oh, this is uh, stereotypical. Oh, it's not, by the way. So wait, we can mock every group. We can mock a person of every color, every creed, everything, especially if you're white. You can make fun of a white person for anything. But the moment that person has a just a tinge of color, you're a racist. This makes absolutely no sense. It's kind of funny in a weird way. It's also uh, kind of sad. Now, wait a second. I, get, I do have to play you two things. This is where we are. Do you have that? Microsoft. Microsoft uh, came out with a new program. First, I want to talk about the old program. When Microsoft first came out with Windows in 1995, I was on the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps. I was on a base in Cherry Point, North Carolina. I remember driving in my car and hearing on National Public Radio that the cast of Friends were going to be in the big launch for Windows. And here it goes. They, they, and they, they had a fun time. I didn't really like the show Friends, but they were going nuts, and they were politically incorrect, and they seemed to be – there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Listen to this. 1995, the cast of Friends, this is like a informational video about Microsoft Windows that they released everywhere. Cut 40. Hey, the Peking duck wagon is coming. Uh, Jen, your, your food's here. You're saved. Uh, I don't think I'm really hungry anymore. Hey, listen to the man. He's got a zen spin on Windows 95. Look at our menu. Column A always compliments column B. Protein on the right, carbs on the left. Elements stay the same. All right. But the combination... They're having all kinds of fun. And that's, by the way, a white guy who's obviously adopting an Asian accent and uh, he's wearing Japanese characters on his forehead. And 
uh, quite frankly, I don't get it, but they're having fun. They're going crazy, literally. I mean, it's just a chaotic video. You can see it. I, I, I did it on the Newsmax show on late last week. So it's politically incorrect. They got big stars making big jokes now. Now, fast forward. How many years has it been? 27 years. The launch of the new Microsoft Ignite software suite, which includes software that will encourage you to not use words that are potentially offensive to somebody, somewhere, somehow. Instead of having the cast of some cool show, and let's face it, we don't have any cool shows anymore. We just have a bunch of woke crap on Netflix. Uh, this is how they launch it. This this is not an SNL skit. This actually happened. This is the opening of the Microsoft launch video for Ignite, the software suite. Ready? Cut 39. Ignite, we've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial, a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. This actually happened in America. It was... (laughs) Why does she have to identify herself as an Asian white person? Well, number one, I think there's virtue signaling right there. They're not just going to pick some random white woman to do this. You got to be different. You got to be unique. You got to have a little bit of flavor. So they pick her. Why is she identifying her clothing? That's some other weird PC thing that I don't understand. But did you hear the shout out to all the ancient Indian tribes they uh, stole the land from? The Suquamish, the Mussletoe, the this, the that. I never heard of any of those tribes, by the way. Whatever happened to the the good old Cherokee Indians? I'm familiar with the Cherokees, and uh, that's quite frankly, and the the Elizabeth Warren tribe. <laughs> that's it. I don't know about the, the Suquamish and the Mussletoe and the Mukiki and all that stuff. They This is the new thing. We stole it, by the way, from Canada, or we copied Canada. They've been doing their, this for a long time. We'd first like to take a moment to acknowledge those we stole the land from. Well, I'm coming to you from New York, where, by the way, I believe the Dutch made a fair and square deal with the Indians for Manhattan Island. We gave them a bunch of silver. They said, have at it. We got about 10 trillion billion acres just west of here <laughs> so i i don't think we have to we can dispense with the uh, formalities and the uh, uh the thank you and all that stuff is that crazy or what all right finally before i take the calls i do have to uh play just trump was fantastic he really was and this is the moment where i think it resonated with me just like his announcement did in 2015 in 2015 when trump declared I told everybody that this was a game changer. I actually said it publicly. It's on television. I documented it. I saw it, not because I'm any expert, because quite frankly, I'm not an expert, because I care more about people than the swamp. I spend my time, uh, I guess, what do I do? I don't spend my time trying to desperately get to parties to which I feel that there are my social betters. Number one, no one's my social better. No one's my social inferior either, all right? That's it. 
That's my gift, quite frankly. One of them. One of them. Uh, all right. So this, when he said this, I'm like, damn, this is this is 2015, 2016, all over again in a good way. In a good way. Let's see. Uh, 29, please. Donald Trump on Saturday night. We never talk about greatness anymore. Other countries are talking about their military and their power and their this and their that. We don't talk about greatness anymore as a country. You turn on the news and watch these fakers. They're fakers. You turn on the fake news at night and you watch what they talk about. It's all things that it's just not possible. And a country has to be thinking to the future. It has to be thinking about greatness. And we don't even think about it anymore. We don't think about it. And it's very sad. And we are going to change that around. And even in America, we're witnessing cruelties that can be scarcely and believed. They can't be believed. We talk about race. We talk about gender. We talk about silliness. We don't talk about greatness anymore. When he said in 2015, America doesn't win anymore. I'm like, damn, he's right. And he's right all over again. You know what I mean? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this is real. He is tapped in. Tapped in so current, so up to date. This guy understands, what do they call it? The old world, the old word was zeitgeist or something, where the country is. Oh, he riffed on Biden for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> does this sound like somebody we know? Cut 30. Biden's trying to bully and intimidate people with his... See how angry he gets? Anger! You've got to listen to me! Listen! Listen, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Oh, where the hell am I? Where am I? Oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's a disgrace. (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. Um... All right, gentlemen, how's the technical situation there? And what's okay, I will be right back. And if you want to call, call 212-972-8222-972-8222. Be right back. The Other Side of Midnight gives you more chances for fun with Frank Morano. Hey, it's Frank Morano. Do you like money? Do you like radio? Can you answer trivia questions? Well, if so, you're in luck. For your chance to win $1,000, play the $1,000 Minute with me on 77 WABC every morning at 4.30. Answer 10 questions in a minute, win a grand. Simple as that. I'll see you on the radio. The Other Side of Midnight, live and local, all night long, 77 WABC. Paid not attorney spokesperson, RDP Law group with principal office in Washington, D.C. is responsible for the content of this ad. If you or a loved one is using or used a sleep device, listen closely. Philips brand CPAP, BiPAP, and APAP breathing sleep devices may cause respiratory failure, kidney, lung, liver injuries, blood, lymph node, or thyroid cancer. That's right. These machines have been recalled due to the toxic foam in these devices breaking down into black particles and gas that can be inhaled or swallowed by a CPAP user. Call 800-660-2734 now as you may be entitled to significant financial compensation. Call our special toll-free number now to see if you qualify. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with lung, kidney, or liver cancer, call 800-660-2734 now. The call is free and phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-660-2734. If you or a loved one used a Philips CPAP device, you may be entitled to significant financial compensation. Call 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. All right, let's talk about Eric Adams. Hires his brother and says, we got a big, big problem with white supremacy. And that's why I'm hiring my brother to make sure that I'm safe. You know, it's so funny because I watched all the fake local news. I never saw one mention of white supremacy. That Mm. Eric Adams said white supremacy. I never saw it. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Nearly 100 years of broadcasting excellence. WJZ New York. On May 1st, 1953, WJZ became WABC. Celebrating 100 years. WABC Talk Radio. WABC AM emerged as the station with the most improved ratings in New York. Join us as we celebrate 100 years. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Mark Levin. Entertaining and informative. Because this is all the Democrat Party knows. The party of slavery now is concerned about voting. The party of segregation is concerned about voting. The party of Jim Crow is concerned about voting. And I could go on and on and on. They're not concerned about voting. They're concerned about winning. And they're concerned to ensure that they could never lose. The great one, Mark Levin. Weeknights at 6. Listen on the 77 WABC mobile app. You never know who will be on Cats at Night. There's a lot of common sense Democrats that don't have the courage to stand up to say, enough is enough, stop this nonsense. And what's going to happen in the banking industry, you're not going to have enough courageous bankers to to say say no. no. Cats at Night, weeknights at 5 on 77 WABC. They're running a strange program, y'all. It's a long way till dawn without Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. UFOs, extraterrestrials, intriguing conversation, guests and callers. Now we move from the political landscape to space and beyond. Who needs sleep when you've got Frank Morano and the other side of midnight? Exploring the unexplained. Live and local all night long on North America's most powerful radio station, 77 WA. The submarines and a mining a mining operation in the North Pole, the South Pole, it's into a lot of different things. It's amazing. He's so uh, successful, and he's also very magnanimous, very generous, a real philanthropist. And no matter what the holiday, he sees it as a time for people to celebrate and get together. And you know what? What the hell? You know, it's a it's Martin Luther King Day, and they had some uh, dignitaries drop by. And they have a great big feast down there, and the theme of it is the stuff that Martin Luther King uh, enjoyed. And apparently his mom made peach cobbler, and I've never even had peach cobbler. Can you believe that? Seems like you—think about it, though. Have you really had it? Anyway, I got a whole big plate of his favorite food, including some sort of, uh, I don't know, gelatin stuff. His mom was one hell of a cook. All right, time for phone calls. Uh, Banny in the Bronx, hello. Hey, Greg. How are you? Hey. Wait hey, a second. Yeah. What's oh, your name? Oh, wait, who is this? Where, where have you been? What happened to you? <laughs> uh, just taking care of stuff. What's this, Banny? That's not your name. time, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of, um, yeah, I turned the radio on, and I, I like what you said, 
it just, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage, and it just flows out of you so naturally to just say what you said about giving in, you know, giving to the community. And But you realize how eco-based it could become. And it reminded me of that song by Three Dog Night, which was very poignant in the movie Hair, the one that goes, um, <clears throat> how can people be so heartless? And it says, you know, especially people who care about strangers, who care about evil and social injustice, do you only care about being proud? How about a needing friend? I need a friend. And you tend to overlook the people closest to you. You get wrapped up in these services and everything, and, and you, you tend to forget the ones who may really need you. And, and that was just a great observation and admission on your behalf. So well, well, I just wanted to point that out. So Well, thank you. And you know what? You made me think of something else. I, a beautiful woman once I can't. Re- I think her name was Sana, and somehow I just happened to have a conversation with her, and she told me that um, it's so much easier in life to call for change in others than to make change in ourselves. Know what I mean? I mean, yes. think about how hard it is to develop a new habit, or you know, to do just to to improve. But it's easy as hell to say ah, that Trump is a fake news. You know, it's it just it's so easy. Yes, easy. Yes. Yeah. You right. take it, and, and yeah, and, and it's just, it, it is, it's much easier to give advice and, and it, to just stand outside of yourself instead of utilizing it yourself. And if you make change within the people who, I'm not saying it's not a beautiful thing to give to others and to do all these social, you know, justice you know, uh, activities and everything. But what you said is really important because the ego can't get tangled up, more so than we realize. Most of the people don't realize it. And that's my compliment to you, how how you realize it. And it just flowed out of you. You didn't seem to stall on it. You just went right in there and swear for what it is. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. You know, know, you're such a sensitive person. I appreciate it. And do me a favor, give uh, my best to your uh, your dad and and all that stuff and uh, call more often we miss you okay thank you i miss you right. too hey. i've just not called because you know life takes me in different directions at times but whenever i get a chance like today you know and so thank you for taking my call you're the best <laughs> will do thank you so much uh jamie in florida hello hi greg how you doing Fine. i'm so glad to, that you got my call um where yes, in florida anyway. are you I am in Ocala. Remember, you asked me about the horses the other day. Um, oh yeah, that's you, like, Martin County. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes, that's right. me. Yes. What's on your mind? So anyway, I had an idea um, because um, you know Eric Adams and all that stuff. Oh, first of all, I'm blaming um, Curtis a little bit that Eric Adams is the mayor because he really could have done way better. Um, I think he should have gone to Joseph Abood and got himself a really nice suit and then gone up there and fight a little more because everybody was really backing him. And then no, the guy no, called no, no, him no, no, a clown. You're totally he wrong. Say you're, anything. you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Jamie, I okay. like you, but you're totally wrong on this. First of all, uh, I know he, lo- he I lost the, 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 the Well, think about he's a Republican in New York City. The deck is overwhelmingly stacked against him. And also... Consider this. Um, you want Curtis to wear a regular suit and look like everybody else? No. We know him as a guardian angel. That's part of the brand. The deck was always stacked against him. He did very, very well. To be continued, I'll be right back.
All right. All right, I got a problem. Listen, do me a favor. Seriously, I need an ID to get into the building. Can you get me one of those today? I lost mine. You know, I lost my wallet a couple of weeks ago. Was that in your uh, your wallet? It was in there. Uh, that's my story, at least. Look, and if I get my own ID, I can come in the main entrance way as, as opposed to the other way where the receptionist is because when you go in through the receptionist, it takes you right through the kitchen. And that's where I have a problem. Now, it's Martin Luther King Day, and they're celebrating. I'm not, quite frankly, the biggest, you know, Martin Luther King. Did it deserve a real day? I don't know. I know it was a big debatable issue in the 80s, but now it's sacrosanct. I, um, you know, George Washington, Martin Luther King, are they really on the same level? I mean, George Washington, excuse me, doesn't even get his own day anymore. President's Day, they combined it. They took him, they took Lincoln, they took, uh, I think Jefferson's in the mix, and they gave them one day, three presidents, one day, President's Day, Martin Luther King gets his own day. Martin Luther King, I think, would be like 90-something years old. It, people forget. He wasn't like, how old was he when he died? Like 43 or something like that? Maybe he'd be close to 100. Anyway, he was a man, you know? I mean, he was like, it was like, could you imagine making a Al Sharpton day in 50 years or a Jesse Jackson day in 50 years? Now, he was much more enlightened than those two clowns, much more intelligent, um, a much better speaker. But he was a contemporary. He was just like he was. He was alive in in the nineteen sixties. He was younger than I, I don't know. I don't. Does he deserve his? All that said, they threw a great big Martin Luther King celebration in the in the kitchen, and apparently he loved peach cobbler that was made by his mother, and we had a whole mountain of it down there. And it's not the first time I walk through the kitchen, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm doing well on my diet. I'm just doing well. And there is some sort of just over-the-top display of great food associated with some holiday. I can't do that anymore. It's January 17th. So what I'm going to do is, and my wife says, proximity to food is your enemy. You know, for a long time, my wife, uh, you know, she doesn't buy that much. (laughs) She's a great shopper. You know what I mean? She buys very healthy things, doesn't buy junk. It really helped me. But then I get to these workplaces where there's food everywhere. And that's a real problem for me. Is it a problem for you? Um, I mean, there are bigger problems to have, but this could lead to something. And the other day, by the way, I thought I had something going wrong with my heart. That's why I was out on Friday. I felt uh, really bad. I felt like I had a pain in my chest. And I went to the doctor. Boy, oh, boy, those doctors are amazing. You know, what they know, what they have seen, and now the equipment. They can give you a live look. It's called an echocardiogram. You can see your heart, and they can measure the aorta. I have a slightly wide, I have a wider than usual aorta artery, above average, but not troubling yet. I also have some calcium in my heart uh, that I've got to keep an eye on. So I've got to be one of these guys, and I think I'm going to be one of these guys. Every time, if you want to lose weight, if you want to look good, in addition to the folks at the Skinny Center and all that stuff, which is great, but I do think I have a theory that you cannot eat like everybody else. You have to be a conspicuously oddball eater. Um, you can't, because America is going to make you fat. You sit back and eat three squares a day and have a snack. You're going to be a fat, fatty. I can say I've been a fatty at times in my life. I'm borderline right now. No, actually, I've made a lot of progress, Skinny Center. But I'll say this about uh, America. You know, they push things like Frankenberry cereal. You ever looked at Frankenberry cereal? You can have Frankenberry cereal. Uh, 
pink marshmallows for breakfast. FDA approved. And they give you a hard time if you want to ask about the Arizona election results. Have pink marshmallows for breakfast. Eat fruity pebbles. Delicious, by the way, but horrible for you. There's nothing good about fruity pebbles other than the taste. They leave a terrible mark on your... uh, Just ridiculous. This is the stuff. They want you to eat all this processed food. They want you to watch their dopey TV shows and not do things like watch the Trump rally from beginning to end or how dare you question the the election results. This is still America, and we're allowed to do these things. They use January 6th. Oh, Joe Biden had a Martin Luther King message today, came out with a special little speech. I think they know it was a disaster because it's very hard to find. Where's Martin Luther? Where? Okay, it's MLK Day, right? You think he might talk about MLK? He might. Uh, no, he pretty much talked about uh, how bad Trump was and how bad January 6th was. No joke. Cut 28. Attack on our democracy from the January 6th insurrection to the onslaught of Republicans' anti-voting laws in a number of states. It's no longer just about who gets to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's about two insidious things, voter suppression and election subversion. In his time, through his courage, his conviction and his commitment, Dr. King held a mirror up to America and forced us to answer the question, where do we stand? Whose side are we on? Hey, that mirror thing? We're in another moment right now where the mirror is being held up to America, being held up again. He copied it. The question being asked again, where do we stand? Whose side are we on? Will we stand against voter suppression? Yes or no. Will we stand against election subversion? Yes or no. Oh, he's getting angry again. Will we stand up for an America where everyone is guaranteed the full protections and the full promise of this nation? You yes dumb or no. person. Stop it. Enough of this guy. He toned it down slightly from that horrible speech. Even Democrats are saying he went way too far. You can be against the Georgia voting law and be a good person. You can also be for it and be a good person. But no, Joe says if you are for it, you are a racist. You are up there with uh, Bull Connor, whoever the hell that was. George Wallace, I remember him. You are an out-and-out racist if you think voter ID should be required in elections going forward. After the fiasco we had mailing out ballots to everybody, hey, how about dropping a vote in a special box located not in your polling booth or your polling place, but on the corner? On the corner. Our sacred democracy in some box on a corner. No. Mm -mm. No. You could say, well, don't we put absentee ballots in the mail? Yeah, we put a lot of things in the mail. We put a lot of things in the mail. All right? So, and we kind of figured that part out. We know how to do it. But you put a box on the corner that says votes. (laughs) That's dangerous. Now they're trying to say, I believe if you were bad enough and evil enough to mess with our election, you are bad enough and evil enough to try to outlaw anybody talking about it. That's how bad they are. That's what's going on. And we should talk about it because they're going to do it again if we don't. We should talk about it because they're going to do it again if we don't. Mm. 
We only talk about race. We don't talk about greatness. And that's the thing. He taps right into it. He's not afraid to go there. and he, He's reductive, as my wife would say. He takes complex ideas and reduces them down to the, to the, to the essence. And then the fake news went crazy with this. Crazy. Oh, he's lying again. No, he's not. You can look it up. This is what they're doing. This is what they're talking about. This is what they've been pushing since day one. When they use that silly word equity and not equality, equality is great, equity is bad, equity is communist, equality is enlightened and beautiful, equity is something else. Cut 31, please. Just denigrating white people to determine who lives and who dies. If you're white, you don't get the vaccine, or if you're white, you don't get therapeutics. It's unbelievable to think this, and nobody wants this. Black people don't want it. White people don't want it. Nobody wants it. It's not even believable. You saw this a week ago where it came out. Nobody can even believe it. They don't even talk about it, and they don't want to talk about it because they know it doesn't work very well for them. But the Wall Street Journal described the practice race-based preferential COVID treatment. So that's what it is. You get it based on race. In fact, in New York State, if you're white, you have to go to the back of the line to get medical help. Think of it. If you're white, you go right to the back of the line. Uh, there's He's onto something. This is what is actually happening. You can look it up. Joe Biden has put out statement after statement about this. When you bend over backwards to help one group based on color, you will almost by definition, those not of color... Will not benefit. We'll be victimized. Here's Joe. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, everybody. It's will help everybody, except if you happen to be white. Cut twenty seven. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be Black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses. And finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. But we're going to make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities, in big cities, small towns, rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. Think of the mom-and-pop owner with a couple of employees who can't pick up the phone and call a banker who doesn't have a lawyer, an accountant, to help them through this complicated process to know if they're even qualified or who simply didn't know where, where this relief was available in the first place. We went through this, Don, when we were trying to bring, when we brought the Detroit back off its knees. And as we saw in this morning's job report. All right, this is all big worse salad. But you'll notice they're going to help certain communities and not others. Because he makes very broad assumptions. Well, black people don't know how to call a bank. A black person would never have an accountant. Where the hell is he coming from? According to new guidelines, sick people who have tested positive for COVID should be eligible to receive these drugs if they have a medical condition or other factors that increase their risk for severe illness. These include standard criteria like age, comorbidities like cancer, diabetes, heart disease. But startlingly, 
They also include simply being of non-white race or Hispanic Latino ethnicity, which should be considered a risk factor as longstanding systemic health and societal inequalities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. This is unfair and possibly illegal. With these kinds of regulations, the Democrats who control New York reinforce the racial and ethnic divisions that they say grew during Donald Trump's presidency. These state officials have been abetted by social scientists who collect survey data in a manner that intentionally or not confirms their presuppositions. This is the Wall Street Journal article he was talking about, Donald Trump, John Judas, and Ray Teixeira, January 7, 2022. New York's race-based preferential COVID treatments. It is happening. Be right back. Hey, congratulations to uh, Glenn Youngkin, the new governor of Virginia. Seems like a long time ago he was elected, November, uh, whatever that was. Anyway, he's now the governor. Congratulations. And we have a new lieutenant governor. What is her name? She's got a Winsome Sterling, Sterling, Winsome, Winsome, Lonesome Roads. What's her name again? Lieutenant governor of Virginia. Anyway, she's fantastic. Former Marine. Just a... um, uh, Tremendous speaker, and I like her story, and I like that she has not turned to government. She doesn't think that government is the solution. Everybody else thinks that government is the solution. Remember Ronald Reagan? The most terrifying words you can hear. I'm the from the government. I'm here to help. <laughs> uh, all right, wait. I got one more thing to wrap up with the Trump stuff. Uh, uh, Saturday night, very important rally. You should watch it in its entirety on YouTube. Cut 32, please. Done taking lectures on science from a party that tells us that men are women, women are men, and the babies, this is a fact, the babies can be killed even after birth, right? After birth. They they used to talk late term. Now they're talking about, just go check out your governor of Virginia, your former governor of Virginia, and it's all just fine with them. He's not kidding. Hey, do you have the part where he said, uh, yeah, men are like women, women are like men? Really moving in that direction in so many ways. So, um, and he's talking about Governor Northrum, who basically authorized uh, abortions. <laughs> it's crazy. A child could be outside of the womb in certain circumstances. And terminated, also known as murdered. And it was okay. So I I hear this rally. I think it's fantastic. I enjoy it. And he's speaking uh, a lot of truth, as I say, more truth in a Trump rally, in one rally, than in about a century of fake news. Who's watching the same rally? Some talking head from CNN. And they're horrified. Listen to how horrified this one is. I mean, horrified. She's really, uh, she's genuinely scared. Cut 23. We're not going to teach our children to view everything through a lens of race. Hey, hey, hey. I said cut 23. Interviews Caroline or Bueno. This is not the this is not that cut 23 from the requested cuts. Try it again. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead. No. Oh, well, too bad. It was a good thought. Um, She's like, oh, he's saying all kinds of horrible things. Oh, you do have it. All right, good. Go ahead and play that one. 
Um, Caroline, there's misinformation coming from every direction about COVID. Uh, uh, Justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor uh, having a falsehood in the middle of a Supreme Court hearing, and it was fact-checked by numerous outlets. ABC News interviewing the CDC director, and the way they edited the interview, they cut out 22 right. seconds that totally distorted what she was saying and, and took out the context. And then there were days of distortions Wait from Donald second. Trump Jr. and others based on ABC's bad edit. So you have it from the right. You have it from the left. You have Matt, it from Matt, networks Matt, that make off. stupid got, choices in the uh, editing. Just, just turn it off. Turn it off. That's the wrong cut. All right. Uh, she is worried and desperate that Donald Trump is spreading misinformation. See if you can find that one. Um, and go ahead and watch that speech in its entirety, and you'll be doing yourself a great favor. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Shape our world. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Yo, 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 yo. Finally, real quick, because we are having some issues with the damn sound library. The damn sound library. Oh, sorry about that library. Save it for the library. Uh, we have that BK guy, the guy who allegedly shot that girl in the Burger King. This guy sounds like he watches a lot of fake news talking about how slavery has caused all of his problems and what he's entitled to. This is Winston Glynn. When he was booked uh, by cops, they found him. I think he was wearing a fancy guest belt and certain type of sneakers. And they traced him all the way to his house in Brooklyn or his hotel in Brooklyn or wherever the hell he was staying, homeless guy. And uh, he had a few things to say to the press as they uh, brought him out of the station. Go ahead. Uh, okay, a lot going on there, a bit of a chaotic scene. He was cursing his head off. Some of it was bleeped out. But Winston was talking about, when do I get my money for the 400 years of slavery? Reparations. Now, where could he have gotten a crazy idea like that? That reparation payments were going to help him. Possibly by watching MSNBC uh, or ABC or CBS or the Democratic debates last year. I don't think he necessarily was on the edge of his seat watching any of that stuff, but it's in the air. These people say crap on MSNBC. They think, well, it's not going to have an impact. Even conservatives tell me, Greg, why are you so worried about that? It seeps in. It really does. It infects the air. That crazy ludicrous idea of reparations for stuff that happened 400 years ago. How would that ever be administered? Who would pay? How much? Who gets it? How do you, how do you establish? <laughs> it's impossible. But they gave it lip service, and now they can't go back. Now, uh, Donald, uh, let's see, Joe Biden sets up a commission to actually look into this kind of nonsense. And some guy pull, walks, walks around with a gun and an attitude 
thinking that society wronged him and society owes him. And who paid the price? The taxpayers? Kind of. Down the road. Who paid the price was that 19-year-old girl who was working the night shift at a Brooklyn, at a BK, a Burger King on 110th Street. Three weeks there. Didn't like the night shift. Asked for it off. Compassionate boss said, no problem. Starting tomorrow. Starting next week, you'll be on the You'll be on the day side. And she gets shot for 100 bucks. trying to comply with this guy, trying to open the register. I, I just feel a special kinship. I do. I know it's kind of crazy, perhaps. Any teenager who's working, I like it. I got my first job when I was 14. Hey, was I making money to uh, help my parents pay the rent? No. I was blowing my money on video games and pizza and just junk. But I wanted to have my own money. Now all the they all want internships. Ooh, I want a glamorous internship. Ooh, I want to go I want to be I want to be on TV. I want to be No, I wanted to make money. These internships don't pay anything. I am not interested. I like money. You need money. Anyway, when I go into a Starbucks, when I go into the grocery store, when I go into Burger King, when I see these people working, I just, I like it. I just like it. Yeah, I know these aren't great jobs or whatever, but I still like it. And I work some crummy jobs. What the hell did I do? I was a janitor for, by the way, janitor can be a great job. <laughs> it can be a great job. I was, I was part-time. I was working in a bank. I was sweeping the floors. This is back when I was in college. I also, uh shredded mortgages all day long for a, a couple of months old mortgages i wasn't that good at that job you know what i would do this is after the mortgages were paid or whatever they had been settled what do you do with them they had to be destroyed uh i'd look through the i'd look through them i'd open them up <laughs> and it's interesting every every time somebody sent a letter to the bank trying to explain a late payment or you know there were angry letters saying, ask the post office, we mailed it, and that kind of thing. They just, they kept, and they told amazing stories, some of these things. What the hell else did I do? I sharpened skis. I sharpened and waxed skis at a ski shop in Hempstead, Long Island. Uh, I worked at Bloomingdale's, uh, as Curtis Sliwa sometimes makes fun of me. Hey, Bloomies, look at Mr. Bloomies. <laughs> He used to give you such a hard time about that. It used to really get under my skin, too, because it sounded like I was some sort of daffy, you know, woo, hanging out at Bloomingdale's. On your feet all day long in sales, that was a pain in the neck, too. I feel like I – oh, and, of course, I worked at a grocery store, the Food Basket on 7th Street in Garden City, Long Island. That was uh, – that was – oh, boy, that was that was fun. You know that silly song by Brian Adams, The Summer of 69? It was kind of like that, except it was The Summer of 85, I think. All right. Um, Jerry in Queens. Yes, sir. Uh, Jerry in New Jersey. Never mind. What's up, Jerry? There you go. There you go, Greg. Jerry in New Jersey. So uh, I would imagine you were elated when Mr. Trump mentioned Ashley Babbitt. I was. I was very. I was very happy to hear that. Uh, but you know, he's done it before. It wasn't the first time. And uh, Joe Joe Biden should be asking questions about what the hell happened to Ashley Babbitt. So yes, I was pleased. Were you? Yes, and he called. And he called out the officer 
by name. I mean, he was he was right on. I, I think uh, I think Donald took a, a more direct approach this time than in all the other speeches. I felt that he was uh, spot on in. of what he said. Uh, I think he likes to do some things in uh, tongue in cheek, as we know. But uh, he really blew me away by picking people out and going directly after him this time. So I'm wondering, are we getting closer to hearing about his move and which way he's going to go? What's your feelings? I think he's got to wait a long time. It's going to be at least a year before he officially declares. At least a year. Um, if he were to declare, you know, wait, when the hell? Uh, November 24 is the well, election, right? Hillary, it, what if Hillary pulled Hil- Hillary ain't going to do that. And uh, I don't think Hillary's actually running. Uh, they want to somehow make her vice president. If he sticks to the schedule he followed in 2016, he will not declare for a year and a half. The middle of 2023 is when he would make it official. Of course, a lot can happen between now and then. Thank you, Jerry. Um, George in Manhattan, hi. Yo. Hi there. Thanks for the great show. Enjoy your show indeed. I want to mention one thing regarding this um, whatever beast. I wouldn't call him an animal. I love animals, though, you know. And uh, I don't recall any animal having hurt me except maybe a mosquito one day. I couldn't get it out of my room. Uh, now, regarding this Glenn, you know. The guy uh, who shot the girl at the Burger King. Right, right. right. Yeah. Regarding, yeah. Allegedly. Uh, right. The question is, I don't know how to, to describe and use the most uh, worthless uh, vocabulary to describe him. He is Jamaican, right? He came from Jamaica here illegally, legally. I'm not sure about that. So the reparation would never apply to him. A reparation would apply only to um, African-Americans whose ancestors um, hundreds of years ago were brought in here, uh, United States, as slaves. Uh, if, if, if Yeah, if, I know. George, ever... did you hear did you hear Winston Glynn talking here? He, I don't think he's stuck on these fine points of. Uh... Of history, something tells me. Here he is. Go ahead. All right, you know what I mean, George. He's just yelling his head off and saying stuff. Right. He then he, of course, the others. Uh, kind of like uh, me. Responded. You know, the, there were some Hispanics there who responded with basura, garbage, his garbage, etc. Then he uh, shot back saying, uh, do you Hispanics want to go to war with niggers or what? Hey, you. Come on. We don't want to hear any of that stuff. I didn't hear him say that, by the way, but um, uh, Joe in Long Island, what's uh, what's the latest, buddy? Hello, Greg. Uh, Martin Luther King does not deserve a day, but... You can't take it away now. It's, it was it was done for face value. Eric Adams is a clown. And do you know anything about this blue thunder thing that happened in the in the early nineties, where where they said that uh, somebody put letters in in police officers, white police officers' mailboxes in their precincts, talking about a group of white supremacy white supremacist policemen, and they. They supposedly the FBI 
uh, trace that back to Eric Adams' brother's typewriter. I don't know that. I, uh, I I had not heard anything to that effect. At first, I thought you were describing a uh, a Dirty Harry movie. Remember when Dirty Harry is uh, got those young yeah, motorcycle I, I, cops? I watched Dirty Harry. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, Joe, listen, I don't know anything about your theory there. I'll check it out though. Okay, thank you. Um, how could he not watch Dirty Harry? Everybody loves Dirty Harry. All right, one more. Uh, Mary in New York. Yes. Hi. Hi, thank you. I'm a registered nurse, and I remember something you said a little while back about some southern governor that was allowing infants in late-term abortions surviving. Governor Northam of Virginia, ex-Governor Northam, Governor Blackface Northam, yes, him. What happened in New York was Governor Cuomo, who's now been kicked out, thank God, I'm going to quote him, if the child survives... I'm talking about late-term abortion. If the child survives, make it comfortable, and then let the mother decide. Uh, Got it? He said that? Yeah, he, yes. It, I, heard, I remember the day he said it. I heard his voice coming through the radio, oh, and that hey. was what he said. Yes, he did say it. Well, there has to be a recording of it or a record of it somewhere. Wait a second. Hold on. I'm looking for it right now. Cuomo faces, oh, geez, you, you Google Cuomo, anything about him, it's all sexual harassment. It's, it's, all, it's all this other stuff, well, all this the, other phony stuff. I'm more interested in the stuff that you're talking about. Cuomo, uh, child survives, abortion. Tell me the rest of that quote as, as you recall it. If the child survives, then this is what he said, make the child comfortable and then let the mother decide. This is a survival of late. Now, where did you see this and when did you see this? I heard it on the news, on the radio. Uh, I know. Okay. Well, all right. That doesn't quite narrow. How about when? Roughly when? Oh, it was when he was still in office. Well, okay. It was was about the same time that this other guy said it. There There was a couple of governors that came to that conclusion. And Cuomo was one of them. So it was about that time range. Hey, listen, it wouldn't surprise me. He was very much jumping on the left-wing bandwagon, as he really, really did. So I shall look into this. i got to admit, like just like that other thing, I did not. I let you know what I know and what I don't. I don't know anything about this. I also, uh, uh, Blue Thunder. You know what all comes up with Blue Thunder? A very bad movie, which I did see with Roy Scheider about some police helicopter, which I saw and was not good. All right, Mary. Hey, are you a nurse, by the way? A registered nurse for many years, and I've seen an awful lot of stuff. I know stuff about Hillary Clinton and her effect on health care through her, the guy that was representing her campaign, Harold Ickes. You know, they closed a lot of nursing schools and hospitals. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it's a record if you look at it. I Look, I know. Fortunately, Ickes and Clinton are gone, and we want to keep it that way. Uh, where'd you go to nursing school? I went to a city hospital school of nursing. It was one of the old Bellevue schools, Queens General Hospital School of Nursing. They closed it down. They shut down the original Bellevue School of Nursing. They killed off Phillips Beth Israel School of Nursing, St. Vincent's Hospital School of Nursing, all closed. The Payne Whitney Clinic Psychiatric Hospital, seven floors at the New York Hospital, was bulldozed. All right. I mean, look. You know, things come and go, right? Hey, you know, my mother went to a nursing school at Nassau Community College. They had a very fine nursing school. What? All right. Thanks, Mary. Thanks so much. One more. Doug from, uh, where are you? Good afternoon, Greg. 
Where are you? Uh, Bound Brook, New Jersey. Okay. It's in the Bridgewater area of New Jersey. Of Central course. Jersey. All right, what's up? Yeah. Hey, Doug. Uh, Doug, yeah. Hey, Greg. In reference to Martin Luther King, we have heard for years about him having sex with all kinds of women. Where's the Me Too culture on Martin Luther King? Wait, 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 wait one second. Did you just say that Martin Luther King had sex with all kinds of women? You got it. Well, Absolutely. Doug, that's not exactly a news flash. I mean, and by the way, I've heard that uh, many men over the years had sex with all kinds of women. He was a priest, though. He's a reverend. Well, he wasn't a priest. He wasn't a Roman Catholic priest. He, he, was, he, was, he was a he reverend. Was, yeah, I understand, Doug. Look, yeah. I, oh, so you're saying what? He's a great big and hypocrite? He was married. You're saying and he's he a great married. big hypocrite? Doug, I can't believe it. There is an extramarital affair that took place 55 years ago. I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. Hey, do you know George w- George Washington was said to have fooled around on, on Martha? Yeah, but I mean, Doug, Doug, hold on, Doug. No, I can't. I don't. I did not. I do not expect. Look, MLK Day. I don't think we needed it. I don't think obviously his contributions are up there with George Washington. But I'm not going to now pick apart his past. And try to cancel him. You know, we still have an airport called JFK. How are you with that? That guy was nailing, excuse me, 17-year-old girls in the White House pool. I mean, all right? So with JFK, it seems like it's JFK day every day. So I'm not going to give MLK a hard time about that. Did he, did he deserve a day? Not really. But here we are. Anyway, Doug, anything else? Yeah, Greg. Suppose it was the Pope. Thank you, Doug. Thank out- you, Doug. I mean, this, the point is not lost on you, I, I see. People, Doug, even you, perhaps, you know, I don't know what's going on with you, but, I mean, people are human. People will let you down. Everybody will let you down, except Jesus. Be right back. WABC. Stay connected 24-7. Join the conversation. Like 77 WABC on Facebook. And informative. Uh, at Greg Kelly USA, at Greg Kelly USA. Hey, another thing I liked about the Trump rally, uh, there were a lot of uh, people wearing T-shirts that said blacks for Trump. A bunch of uh, African-American um, uh, people right behind him. And I pointed this out on Twitter. Of course, everybody lost their minds. Oh, my gosh. How could he say such a thing? Well, use your eyes, number one. Number two, lighten up. Number three, Donald Trump did better with communities of color then Mitt Romney, then George W. Bush, basically any Republican, I believe, ever. And that's one of the reasons why they had to take him out. All right. He was a major threat to Democrats. Asian-Americans were moving in his direction. Hispanic-Americans, African-Americans, Democrats. They were so, so apoplectic about this. He's going to ruin the whole thing for everybody. We can't have this. There, there, there you got the phony Russia thing, the phony impeachment, then the second phony impeachment. And now January 6th, January 6th, he cannot. The big lie, the more they say it's a lie, the more you know he is on and you are on to the truth. Okay? All right. I only have a minute left. So I got to go across the way there. The super across the way. And get ready for the Newsmax show, which starts at 7 o'clock tonight. 
So I'm going to go through this very, very quickly. Uh, I, I, I want to see how I'm going to do here. Jerry in Queens, uh, real quick, what do you got? Greg, what's up, man? First time, long time. Thanks for taking the call. So you got Trump here, and I want to know, is he the right guy to uh, be running? Because if they start running against him, these rhinos, it's going to cause a problem. And I just thought I wanted to get your opinion. I think he's the right guy, and I know what you mean about the rhinos. The rhinos did him in last time. They did him in big time, especially that Ronna McDaniel. I'm hearing all kinds of trash about her, and I believe it. There's stuff going on. The establishment, Republican and Democrat, opposed Trump. The people are with him. And here's my prediction. He will run. He will win. And ultimately, he will be regarded as a great president by, believe it or not, yes, it can happen, both sides, Democrats and Republicans. Something dramatic is going to happen. Something beautiful is going to happen. You know who predicted this and gave me, actually, it's something I thought all the way back in June of 2015 when he first uh, declared, I thought he could be a great president reelected with 49 states. It didn't happen, but maybe next time. Um, Governor Kari Lake, future Governor Kari Lake, she's only running right now in Arizona. She's on my show tonight. That should be great. Also, you never hear about those wounded in the Afghan attack. Only those killed and barely them. I'll have a family member on tonight. I'll see you then on Newsmax at 7.